ultimately life comes down to choices, not circumstances. But we want to blame the circumstances. And whether it's like everything was good or everything was crappy, it, it really doesn't matter. Or if it was somewhere in between, you're just like, it was just okay. It really doesn't matter. It all comes down to your choices. So life ultimately is the sum of your choices. Welcome to the Fathers of Greatness podcast. We are creating a community of men, fathers, and husbands who are pursuing greatness and refusing average. It is up to us to change the future, and it starts at home. So look up to you a lot, Greg, and uh, I think it's really cool what you've done with your family, you know, your life, your, your manhood, your fatherhood your marriage. And it's very obvious that you, you pay attention to those things and you've lived, you know, you've built a life by design. Yep. And that's something I would say, you know, we always hear before and after stories and, you know, your, your journey, you're, you're pretty far along in your journey. I would say I'm kind of like the during, right. you got before kind of the average or the good life, but then you want to go to excellent or great. And that's what I'm pursuing with my family, my kids, my marriage. And so I'm very passionate about learning and about growing and being intentional. And part of the reason for this podcast is to just bring some guys with me because a lot of men need it. Yes. So kudos to you, brother, and honor for doing that. It's fantastic. For sure. It's, you know, you raise kids once and man, I don't, I don't want to do that uh, average or good. I want to do that. Great. Yeah. I love them and they deserve my best. They deserve the best. And if that's something you commit to, there's not a lot of time to rest, right? Yeah. You have to be very intentional every day. So that's, that's kind of what I'm doing. That's who I am. And I'm looking to guys like you for, you know, content, inspiration, uh, knowledge, wisdom, and sort of how you've done it. So I'm excited to, to talk to you about that. So let's start off with just a little bit more about who you are and maybe some of your earlier background before you got to where you are today. Yeah. So, well, my um, parents divorced when I was really young and stepdads came and went. So it, it was kind of a, it was kind of a dumpster fire from the beginning. Uh, we're totally broke. Uh, I remember even as a kid, I remember being on welfare and uh, welfare stamps and wow. it was you know, the marriage and then the fighting and the, the just contention, and then divorce and then broke again. And then marriage fighting divorce. And so at 16, I, uh, I don't know. I, I was, I was crazy. I was like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to go figure this out on my own and, and got out there. And of course, you know, trying to survive at 16 was, was brutal. It was so hard. And I was shy. I was timid. Uh, I was depressed. I was desperate. But one thing I had, man, was this burning desire to figure out the secrets for true success and happiness. And I thought, man, if it's possible, I'm going to do it. And so oh, I just I just voraciously sought after any of the, I get every book I get my hands on interviewing people, observing people. I just, I had to figure it out. And, and if I got something, I'd try it. I experimented with it. And it was, it was incredible. Like some, some changes happen immediately and some changes take time, but I started getting results as a teen. I was like, this, this 
this is amazing. Like, why, why isn't everybody doing this stuff? And I started right. to share it. That's when I started sharing it with people. I started really teaching and mentoring and coaching, even in my late teens. And then have been on this journey ever since for, you know, over well over two decades, genuinely seeking out the systems and strategies that just work to, to be a holistic, great man. Sure. Sure. So when you were that young, was there a person or an experience or a day that you remember where something clicked like, Hey, even though my past is not on track for much, right? I could actually be a great man. Was there an experience you had that kind of triggered that? Yeah. Um, lots, lots, lots of little pivotal moments. What was sad, and and this is where I think now you and I and others, we have a moral obligation to set an example and reach out because I, I literally, like for years, didn't even meet any any men who were just really leading their lives. Most of the time, I, it, I remember in my journal as a, as a teen making this list of what not to do. I'm like, where are these men who are just leading their lives. I didn't know any. And then I started to meet a couple of them. And, and one in particular, I met, he, he was just newly married. And actually I was at, at that point, I was kind of homeless and they had the biggest hearts in the world. And they let me come stay with them. Wow. I, 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 they, they invited me cause I, I was dropping out of high school. I'm like, I gotta survive. And he's like, man, why don't you, why don't you come stay with me and my wife? And they had their, their brand new little daughter and they let wow. me live with them. And and seeing them up close was mm. the first like up close example. I thought of like, I want a marriage like this. I want to be a man like this. Like sure. this, this is special. Right. Yeah. And, you then probably believed that it's possible. Exactly. exactly. You're like, this guy is just a guy, but he but lives doing a certain it. way. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Powerful. And what an act of love for them to put their money where their mouth is and actually open their door instead of just pat you on the back and, you know, wish you luck. Yeah. Hey, good luck with that, buddy. It's like, they, they open their doors, and let me in. And I, I still to, to this day, again, I'm blown away that they did that, but it was a pivotal, pivotal moment in my life. It was and if they invested in you in that way, it probably gave you the feeling of, I got to do something with this because I don't want their, love for me to be wasted or yeah. take 100%. Yep. Since that time, there's been multiple moments like that. Where I'm like, I have to pay this forward. I have right. to keep sharing. Like, again, it's that moral obligation. I've got to keep leading and, and living this way. For sure. And so I'm going to talk to you about some of your book reading journey. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating. And it so sounds like it started in your teens. But when, because correct me if I'm wrong, you've read a book a week for 20 years, is yep. it? Yep. Okay. And so, because what I teach my boys is you'll never find what you're not looking for. Exactly. You know? Even if it's right there, you're not going to see it because you're not going to be thinking about it. It, it. You know, how many opportunities pass people by and, you know, they'll pray for favor and blessings and all these things, but then a door opens for them and they don't even see it because yep. they're not seeking it. Exactly. And so I think in Proverbs, you know, it talks about seeking wisdom 
so strongly. It's like begging you. It's like, go get wisdom, please. And so in my opinion, reading books is exactly that. You're gaining wisdom. So tell me about that journey. Did you decide early on, like, I'm going to do this forever? Or did you just start reading and then thought it would be cool to keep going every week? So as a kid, I was, it was a horrible reader. I struggled so hard to read. I was very, very slow. I was behind in all the classes, just, you know, sounding out each letter and, and reading was just, just brutal for me. And it's, so I was, you know, I had that bad taste in my mouth, like towards yeah. any kind of literature, but somewhere in all that mix of stepdads coming and going and just mess and chaos, my older sister would just read these kind of romance novels to us as a kid. So here I'm a little kid. You can picture us in this little teeny, teeny little poor house in a poor neighborhood down in the little basement. And my sister in the corner reading her little romance novel out loud to me and my little brother. And I fell in love with stories. Mm. And, I, and I get caught up in the characters and, and cry when someone died or, you know, just get giddy when something good happened. I fell in love with story when my sister moved out shortly after that, again, because of the chaos of home. And I remember thinking, well, I love stories, but I hate reading, but I love stories. And I, sh- I wrestled with that as a kid until finally um, my uncle was throwing away some books and handed me this, uh, this adventure book, like the uh, Clyde Kessler book. And I'm like, oh, man, I'll try it. And again, got introduced to some characters in there that were real men, right? And these were tough dudes doing the right thing. And I was like, yeah, right? I couldn't have articulated it as a, as a young teen, but I was like, there's a, a tough guy doing the right thing for the right reason. This is awesome. I want to be like that. Sure. So then when I, when I moved out, somehow I ended up with some books. I think the very first book that really, really became pivotal for me, didn't even have a cover on it. It was a copy of The Hiding Place by Corey Tenbaum, where her family got captured. They were a Christian family. They're like, if we believe in, in our, we're going to live our religion, we have to help the Jews that were being persecuted in World War II. Sure. So they decided to hide them and they ended up getting captured and everyone died except her. They were in concentration camps, but she became my first mentor. Right. Really walked me through that. And then, then I just get book after book from how to win friends and influence people to man's search for meaning by Viktor Frankl. And, and those books became so pivotal in my own transformation and giving me this, like this mental framework to work with that then I was like, I, I can't, I can't stop. Cause every time I read a good quality book, I become a better person, right? It's sure. not, the goal isn't to get through the book. It's to get the book through you. Wow. So I learned yeah. how to read and then every book became a part of me and it, it who I am today is because of that thousand plus books that I've been through and, and many of them again and again and again, trying to, to learn from some of the most brilliant people that have ever lived. So isn't there a rule that after you read a thousand books, you have to write one? So I am writing. I was writing this okay. morning. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually it. working on two and my wife's working on like 10. We've had, we've had in 22 years of marriage and 50 plus countries with our children, we have had the most off the charts, extraordinary experiences. And, and we're capturing those and sharing those stories and getting them out there. So it, they're coming. So, so great. So tell me a little bit more about your family. How many children do you have? And then go into this whole traveling thing and some of the benefits and experiences that you have given to your children. Yeah. Let, let me, let me start with a, a quick story. When I was, it was just before my 17th birthday, I was out on my own it was Christmas Eve. 
living in a rough, rough part of town in a a shack of a house. It was pathetic. We we didn't have adequate heating. So I I went to this teeny little bedroom and I, I could see my breath in the air. And I just sat there by myself on Christmas Eve. I spent Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's, and then my birthday's in January. So I spent that those those times just totally alone. And and it was pivotal because I was like, this sucks right. so bad. And, and of all the things I was suffering, the hunger and the fear and the discouragement, depression, the worst was loneliness. Mm-hmm. And that night, that Christmas Eve, I, I ended up having a really special experience with God that night. Sure. Um, he was he was really all I had. But man, that night really solidified, like, I will have a beautiful marriage and we're going to raise kids and we are going to be tight. Like, I'm figuring out how to do this right. I have no idea how to do it. Love it. But I'm going to figure this out. Were you dating your wife at that time or not at all? Dating? No, I couldn't even talk to, I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't look people in the eyes. I was so shy and so timid. Yeah, that's powerful where... You didn't have the the ingredients for this plan or steps for this plan. And you made the choice yep. and the decision, the declaration that I am going to do X, Y, and Z. And in your mind, it was probably no matter how long it takes and no matter what I have to do, I'm going to do this. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the plan and yes. hurdles they're going to need. To over- I don't have the money. Nobody believes in me. I've never done this in the past. I always quit. I have so much debt. All these reasons why. But I think we need to start with what you did, which is regardless of all those things, I'm going to be a great husband and a great father. And there's a formula for it, obviously. So continue. Yeah. And and what you said is so it's spot on. Because you have to have, each of us has to have that deep conviction that, and you're right, we get hung up. The, the, the first obstacles are, well, I, I don't know how to do it, or I don't have the resources to do it. Like, I don't, I don't know. And I didn't, I didn't have a clue. And man, I was, I was way, like, I wasn't even at zero. I was, I, I had a lot of ground to cover, even in just social skills, right? right? And, and mindset, I had such a broken mindset, a fixed mindset of poverty and scarcity and, and fear and insecurity. I didn't have any of the tools or strategies. But man, I had this conviction. Years later, I found this ancient quote that now has become just the way I do life. And it just simply says, I will either find a way or I will make one. Right. And that was the beginning. I didn't know that, but that was the beginning of that decision. Like, oh, I don't, I don't care. I'll, I'll figure this out. I will overcome any weakness. I'll overcome any obstacle. I, I'm going to make this happen. So then when I was, I knew what I was looking for because I had that conviction when I started dating, I, I was, we were having meaningful conversations. I was, I was looking for specifics. I'm like, I want to, I want a phenomenal family life. Like I'm, I'm going to look here and have those meaningful conversations with the girls I was dating. So when I met Rachel, literally, literally on our first date, I was like, what are you reading? And, and she's reading these big books. I was like, okay, that's so hot. Like, Let's keep right. dating here. That's amazing. Deep, yeah. Deep mind. And yeah. Yeah, cool. and this desire to learn and grow and and right. make some of yourself like not settle in and be like, no, we've arrived, you know, in our early twenties. Like, no, we want to live a great life. So we adopted our our first uh, daughter and then had six children more. So we have seven children total. 
and and I think it's significant, brother. To our our third child just moved out, which wow. it, it's so fast, brother. It's like it's like this. Like their kids are. Uh, it was like we just adopted our oldest yesterday, and now you know, twenty years later, they're moving out and and doing great things and just launching into life. But like you were saying at the very beginning, like we have this tiny window with our children mm-hmm. in our homes, and we've got to make it count. Exactly. And man, you've proven so much in your life. And one of the things that you've proven is not only were you not a natural bookworm at a young age, you weren't gifted with this ability to just read so easily, or you didn't even have the desire to read. You didn't have the environment and upbringing of greatness, of excellence, of healthy love and support and guidance and coaching, all the things that you're doing as a father. You didn't have that. And that's one of my favorite thing about people's stories is that including my mom who lost her parents at seven, uh, she became an incredible mother despite, you know, that past and brokenness. And it's almost like that, that darkness that you go through early on, if you really declare that you did to, I'm going to build a great life, it almost becomes your, you know, I hate to use the term superpower, but it's true. It it's almost like you have, you yeah. have like a, you met somebody, you know, you just feel like they have this chip on their shoulder. And I think that can be a good thing, you know, because you know what you don't want and you go get what you do want. Yeah. And you've done that in your life. And I really love that. And the other thing you mentioned is that these authors were your mentors. Yeah. And I think you said on another podcast that we don't lack for, the how to do something, whether it's losing weight or making money, or it's just that desire really and belief and declaration, willingness to, to declare it and figure the rest out later. Um, And so you coach men, right? You're men's coach. Yep. And so one of the questions I have for that is, you know, you, you, it's like rinse and repeat, like you, meet with them, you guide them. It's, you know, obviously different journeys of where they're at, different things they're focusing on. But after dealing with so many men, what do you think the top one or two things are that are just really holding men back? Oh, that's a good question. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot actually, but there's patterns, right? There's these common denominators and, and it's often um, fear and doubt and then distraction, right? Mm. It's, it's getting our heads because ultimately life comes down to choices, not circumstances, but we want to blame the circumstances and whether it's like everything was good or everything was crappy, it, it really doesn't matter. Or if it was somewhere in between, it's just like, it was just okay. It really doesn't matter. It all comes down to your choices. So life ultimately is the sum of your choices. And so what your life becomes lies in your ability to make good choices. It really comes down to that. And then all of that is driven by desire. Like you have to want it. I I can't want your success more than you want it. it. It doesn't work like that. Your wife can't, your kids can't, your, your family or friends, whatever, like you have to want it and want it enough to make the choices 
that create the results. Sure. Right. And results, gentlemen, results are your responsibility. Hard results, results that would hold up in a court. Right. Like not, not the stories we're telling ourselves, like, no, man, if, if your results would hold up in a court, like, let's go, <laughs> let's, right. let's make this happen. But not, you know, not a, what you intended to do, not what you tried to do, exactly. not the story, the story of why, you know, have you ever met somebody that said, you know, I really didn't achieve what I set out to because I just didn't put in the work. Like it's so rare that somebody will own exactly the result. Yeah. And that's why we try to teach our boys to own everything. If you own the mistakes and the screw-ups, then you get to own the victory as well. Exactly. But the blaming and the excuses, it's almost like it's this flesh natural tendency to look for a reason. But I that's a, that's another reason I see very often when, when I'm working with men. I get to work with thousands of men across five continents, right? And have for, for years and years. That's another thing I see is, and it, it's not necessarily their fault per se, because who's been taught to think this way? Who's been trained to take ownership? We've been conditioned since we were little to, to blame, to make excuses, to just unconsciously we'll tell ourselves stories, like whatever. But what you're talking about is like, if we just stop and take absolute ownership of everything in our lives, what I tell my men is like, do you are the king in your kingdom and you are responsible for every outcome. You don't have to do everything, but you're responsible for everything that happens in your kingdom. You're the king. And when you, that's hard, it's hard to hear, it's hard to do, but it's also extremely powerful because you take back your power. Nobody else cares about your dreams. Nobody's coming to save you. Right. And if till you pick up your own power and say, no, this is mine and I will make the most of it at that moment, like when you shoulder that responsibility, you also pick up the power to make it happen. And it's, it's unbelievable what can happen in a life, a holistic life. It's like, you might as well be your own experiment. Like, let's see what I can do, right? Exactly. And you're just, it's fun. It's fun. It's like these little moments of progress or achievement and you get to smile for a minute and get back to work and just keep grinding. And like, I think you said too, there's no graduation to life's education. And so I think it's this pursuit of, constantly learning and to do that you have to constantly be teachable you have to be looking for wisdom to find it so with your parenting style of you and your wife it it, i already know you're going to have a great answer to this before we haven't we haven't even we've never even met so this is not scripted but i want people to hear this because there's a common theme and there's these common principles of successful people and it's really the same principles for thousands of years, just delivered in a different way or a different method. And one of those things is how people handle failure. And so, you know, I heard a study recently that talked about the difference between those that achieved and those that didn't. They studied them from childhood. It wasn't, you know, the family or the skin color or the, the IQ. It was grit. It was grit. It was like, this guy just won't stop trying. He keeps getting up, 
life knocks him down. You look away, you look back, he's back up again. It's just this like, this guy's crazy. He just keeps going. And so to do that, you have to understand mentally what failure really is. And I think any road to success is paved with failures. And so I know you've overcome a lot and I'm sure you've overcome a lot of failure, but how do you talk to your kids about what failure truly is? Yeah, beautiful. Uh, we've always said our, our favorite quote in our family is failure is fertilizer. It stinks, but man, it's good for you. Wow. And, and we just drill that in, drill that in. And it was it was particularly difficult for me because I was so insecure. And, and if you really slow down, you and the listeners, like if you guys really slow down and think through this, when you're insecure and, and your insecurities are, it's an inside job, right? It's an inside job. It's what you think and believe, the stories you tell yourself, right? Your your own your own dialogue, your self-talk. And because I was so insecure, right? I attached failure to my identity, to my worth, to what other people would think of me, right? And when you do that, you're going to do anything to protect yourself from failing, especially, you know, this was insightful. This came up a few, several years ago when I was coaching, it kept coming up and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pinpoint it. It was it, more than the fear of failure was the fear of looking like a failure that wow. came out in, in some dialogue. And I was like, like these guys, like if, if they could fail in private, no big deal. But to look like a failure when other people see you, that is devastating. And we try to avoid that. But when I had to, I, I flipped that switch. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm okay. Like for me, success is on the other side of failure. So I'm, I'm going to fail. I'm going to joyfully, willingly lean into uncomfortable, awkward things. Because whatever you try that is new to you, you have to suck at it first. Doesn't matter I, what it is, you gotta right, suck. We do, that, we do that from birth. I mean, yep. we do that naturally. It's built in us to keep trying till we figure it out. Exactly. Normal. But like you said earlier, we've been conditioned, we've been spoken over, we've been, you know, like people talk about like my football coach in seventh grade told me I was no good. And it just sticks. And it's like, wow, that is so powerful that words that were spoken decades ago can really put like a dam up against the the force of attempting or trying or going in life exactly and so i think anyone that wants to do anything has to just like study failure get comfortable with it understand it that it's this gift it's not the end it's just a hurdle and that's been so true in my life too so with our kids, so, we've, we've made it normal, right? We've, we've made it just, here's how, like our whole parenting philosophy is take really great things, really great habits and practices and make it just a normal way of being. Just let your kids know. Cause when, when your kid comes into the world, they're just coming in with just open minds. They're like sponges, just absorbing everything. And what you do in your home just becomes their way of being. They just grow up assuming, oh, this is how we do life. We read voraciously. So our kids just 
pound books and audiobooks, right? That's just what we do. We exercise vigorously and hard every morning as a family. That's just what we do. We travel all over the world. We do philanthropy and humanitarian work, like all these good things. That's just what we do. So our kids grow up thinking, oh, okay, that's just what we do. And one of them is we're constantly trying new things endlessly trying new things. So we just landed in, in Portugal to set up our new home base. And I am leading out. Obviously, parents have to lead out. Here's where we fail as parents. And we sit back and say, well, I did that. So kids, this is what you need to do. You should be doing that. You should be trying new things. You should be reading these books. You should be you should be studying. Kid. You should be learning it, languages and learning instruments while I sit here and say, well, I, you know, I've done that. No way. That's that's where we fail. That's where we lose power. And wow. so I'm out with them. We're signing up for new classes. Just got into an MMA class. Just got into a volleyball class. Get, we're going to do horseback riding. We're going to do, we're learning Portuguese now, right? We already speak Spanish and French. Now it's Portuguese. And of course you fumble and you say the wrong things and you feel like such a dork. The very first time you pick up a tennis racket or try to mispronounce a word, it, it's embarrassing. But if that's just normal way of rhythm for your kids, you're out trying new things constantly and they see that, they're like, okay, let's go. So they, yeah. even, they don't even know they're failing. They're just like, oh, this is the learning process. And man, they're just off to the races. They can take on anything. Love it. Love it. And if they've overcome that first period of time where it's uncomfortable or I look, I mean, this is kind of defining the fear of public speaking because you talked about if I look like a failure, yeah. you know, and you could even have a great speech, but if you feel that the crowd is yes. judging you or criticizing you, it's like death, right? For yeah. some people. Exactly. And, you know, this, this podcast that I'm doing is a little bit out of my comfort zone. And I just feel like that's confirmation that I'm doing something new, something that's a stretch. And people need fertilizer, so to speak, uh, they need guidance. Like there's a guy that might be listening to this now who's exactly in the same spot that you were, where you were looking around as a teenager thinking like, is there any good men out there? Yeah. Are there any real solid marriages, right? 50% of them don't last. The other 50% in some people's mind, they're faking it on the outside. They're it's it's and i love that you've built your family your finances your fitness your faith which is the four pillars of of what most guys like us talk about yep. and it's just refreshing to meet men that have really good hearts good minds but are also good fathers good husbands and that's just what I want for those listening. And so to, you know, and, and I'll just be honest with you, looking at your life for some, you know, for me, it's very inspiring, but for some, it can be very overwhelming, right? Because, you know, a book a week for 20 years, uh, working out with your kids, running businesses, traveling the world, learning languages, like that's awesome. But I think some men or women get caught in the trap you know what? Greg's family does that. I need to do that. And I don't think that's always true. I think right. that we all need to be pursuing the best version of ourselves exactly as a father and as a man. So for somebody listening, that's just simply not 
on this journey, but wants to be a better man, wants to be a better husband and father, what is that real first step? Do you have like a practical activity they could do to kind of set that declaration of, okay, I'm going to go on this journey and I'm going to figure it out. What is yes. that like first step? 100%. Man, I lo- and I love the way you articulated that. That's, I think that's what separates me out from a majority of people out there is my, my entire approach uh, is holistic. And I think it has to be, that's, that's where I, I got into the struggle because I've been in personal development and professional development for tw- over 25 years. And, and you'll see guys that really strong in one area, one aspect, mm-hmm. you dig in a little bit, you look behind the scenes with the hands curtain. You're like, dude, yeah, you're, you're crushing it in business, but your family is a train wreck or wow, this is really great. But your health or your faith is, is failing. Your finances are a mess. And I realized like in order to really be truly sustainably happy and successful, it has to be holistic. It's the whole man. Yes. And, yes. and I package that all together. I call it the triple trifecta, right? Um, and, and this is this, this is even the, the symbol here. It's the three interlocking triangles. Love it. And it's, and it's the it's fitness in mind, body, and spirit. It's family, which is marriage, parenting, and family legacy, and finances. It's your income, your expenses, and your investments, right? And you take those nine elements and you combine them together and you and you strategically step by step work on improving them. And then it 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 crashes you into the into a whole man. Now to look at it like you're saying at first glance, you're like, man, that's overwhelming. <laughs> that's that's a lot. That is crazy. But my life is a testament to anybody listening or watching that if I can do it, anyone can do it. If I can go from where I was to where I am and to where we're going, anybody can do this. You just start with the first step of saying, you know, what what is it that I really want? What caliber of man am I going to be? Sure. And then that first step is is almost always taking care of you. So if, if somebody's coming like, where do I start? Start with your body. Get your body. This is your vehicle. Like everything you experience in life from your finances to your family, to your faith, from sex to vacation to like playing with your kids, everything is filtered through your body. And so get your body in a good condition so that you can show up. Because if if I'm dragging, if I'm hurting, it's going to, it's going to totally affect my performance. Yeah. Whether it's lack of sleep or poor diet or, you know, mental, emotional. I know for me personally, I need to start the morning with my routine. It's a very simple routine. It's not two hours. It's not running 10 miles. It's, it's very simple, but it's my time to really commit that day that I'm going to be who God's called me to be. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to surrender control is something I'm learning is that I don't control my kids. I'm in charge of me. I can influence, I can shape, I can put them in the environment, but I can't ultimately control much, but I can control me. So I love that. So one of the other things that I wanted to touch on is how do you, you know, Clearly, you're human, right? So you're going to have days where you're, I don't know if you call them like off days or off moments or 
lose your temper or, you know, how do you handle, I guess, either stress or how do you handle, you know, getting off track Good to give Um, your kids the best example of, right? Because if you handle stress. Of how to handle life. Right. They, they're watching, they're observing everything. And the way you respond or react to any stressor, any outside stimulus, any circumstance, they're going to just absorb that and most likely mimic it later in life. You're, you're modeling for them how they're going to behave. So it's powerful to look at that and be like, I would imagine. Yes. You're like, how do I, do, how do I want my son to be as a man? And then you're looking at yourself saying, do, would I be proud of my son if he were behaving like this as a man? Man, it's a, it's a great way to, to guide your own decisions. So early on, I sucked at this. I had the most terrible temper. So much so that I was fighting a lot as a kid. I mean, I'd punch brick walls. I mean, I had a raging temper. And, and I wasn't good at reacting. I, I didn't handle upset or disappointment very well, right? If things didn't work out or something went wrong or you failed or made a mistake, like I, I was terrible at that. Fortunately, before just before I met Rachel, I just had this in, inspiring moment. I'm like, I, I can't bring this into my marriage and into my parenting like this. This is baggage I've got to literally cut off and leave behind. And, and I've got to get control of me. I, what I call it now is emotional mastery. Like I got to be in charge of what I'm thinking, what I'm saying, what I'm feeling. Like I got, I got to get a handle on this. I got to be a man about this and not, not a little boy, not a baby. And I'm not, and it was, it was cool. This cool experience to realize like you don't lose your temper. You choose to give it up. Like other people don't make you mad. Nobody can make you feel anything. You're you're sovereign. You get to choose. And when somebody introduced that to me, I was like, like, what? Seriously? It just clicked. I was like, yes, it's so true. It's hard to hear, but it's true. Like I have a choice here. So I started making those choices. And then with everything, man, I realized like, no, I have to practice this. I was so shy. I couldn't talk to anyone. I literally could not look another human being in the eye. Wow. I remember looking at this guy and he's like, Greg, you got to look at my eyes. When people are talking to you, look at them. And I was looking down, I looked up and I was like, oh, he's still looking at me. <laughs> like I just could not maintain eye contact because I was so insecure. But then in my journey, I'm like, hey, I have to practice this. So I literally found ways to put myself in front of tens of thousands of people performing. And so with anger, I'm like, I got to put myself in situations where it's uncomfortable, where like things are happening and you have to respond. I went and um, became an EMT. Like what a better way to get in emergency situations. You don't know what's going on and you have to keep control of your mind and your emotions. Right. And then I got into uh, Krav Maga and, and defense. And, and when now I do emergency disaster relief all over the world, right? Going to the most austere environments and you have no idea what's coming and to be ready to respond. And so I put myself in, in, in severe uh, wilderness situations, endurance races, mountaineering and of course travel, right? Uh, we haven't told, told that much of my story yet. Like we've taken our kids and we traveled extensively over the last like 17 years to more than 50 countries. And just in the last six months, we did 17 countries. Wow. It was unbel- unbelievable. And that's the only reason I share that is like, that's our unique family dream. That's and I share that saying, yeah. 
that's our that's our thing. We love it. Our kids love it. We love it. We just grow and learn and serve and make a difference. We love it. So every man needs to find his family dream, whatever that is, to, to have a farm, a homestead, an apartment in the big city, or whatever it is your dream is. Like find it and pursue it. But in putting myself in all those situations, especially with travel, like you can be the best planner on the planet. Yeah, travel is going to disrupt your life, and things will not work out. And it was practice, brother. It was practice, 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 practice. How do you respond to disappointment? How do you respond to unexpected things? Like, it's okay if you're like, oh, I knew that was coming. You're okay. But when something totally blindsides you, how do you respond? And so I put myself in as many situations as possible to prepare that. And now I'm to a point now because I practice it so many times for so long, like my recovery is fast. Right. If I get rattled back on. Like I no longer have bad days because as soon as it starts being bad, I've trained myself like, stop, don't, don't keep, why spend the rest of the day in a bad mood? Like stop right here and reset where you, I used to be, I had bad months right? <laughs> and then bad weeks so, then bad days. and now I'm like, I had a bad moment. Stop right there. I'm going to reset. I'll go back to my morning routine. I'm like I already did my morning routine. I'm going to do it again midday because that news just rattled me. That jerk just rattled me. Like, I'm stopping right here. I'm not going to pass this on to my kids. I'm not going to react to my wife because this guy was a jerk. I'm not going to make a bad decision in business because things are off at home. I'm going to fix things. I'm going to get in a good spot. So I stop, I reset, and I show up as my best self. It just takes practice, but any man can do that. And it's almost that your weakness, because if you're, if you were violent as a teenager and you had rage and anger, your weakness now becomes your strength. Exactly. And again, as I mentioned, when you have a broken past or you have hardship or darkness or trauma as a young person, man, there's another side to that. And I think a lot of people stay stuck. They might've experienced abuse, alcoholic parents, you name it. I mean, you've coached so many men, you've helped them through that. There is a way through. I want people to hear that because yes. it's true. And it doesn't matter if you're 40 or 50 or 60 or 20. And it doesn't matter if you're a dad or not, because as you teach and I've learned is that if you want to be a great father, become a great man. Yes. And they talk about, you know, be, do, and have. It's like everybody asks people, what do I do so I can have this life, or I can have money, or I can have the marriage of my dreams. Before you do anything, you have to be, you know, and it's, it just starts, it, like you said, holistic. So speaking of that holistic model, where you can't go all in on one thing, and leave your body or your family or your finances behind. So what are some non-negotiables of a great man. In other words, maybe you could answer it this way that what are some things that a lot of men have in their lives that great men have to totally kick it out? Like me for example, when my wife was pregnant with our first, I was imagining having a son and I at the time enjoyed a drink or two or three occasionally and I heard the words in my heart from my son say, I want to be just like my daddy. 
And that hit me so hard. And I didn't take one drink of alcohol since 2009. And so for me, I could not keep alcohol in my life and pursue greatness. I just couldn't do it. It's like we're carrying around a bowling ball or a ball and chain trying to run a marathon. You just not possible. So as you've coached these men and in your own life, what are some things that men just have to get rid of in order to move forward? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's such a powerful story. Kudos and, and honor to you, brother, for doing that. Um, this is actually the, the second chapter in my book right now is, is this piece is in order to even have the, the platform or the ability to pursue our, the best version of ourselves, we have to be totally free. We have to be free. We must have sovereignty and freedom. Otherwise we're in shackles. And that can, it shows up in any kind of addiction, any kind of vice, any kind of bad habit, or even, even a fixed mindset of, well, that's just the way I am, or that's just the way things are. That right there will hold you prisoner. And what we realize is we are prisoners and, and the, the prison is there, but we're the jailers as well. We've created those prisons and, and we have the power to break free and we need to break free from any of those things. So. Anything that's holding you back or, or becomes a limiting factor is the thing to work on, right? Marcus Aurelius said, some, he said, sometimes we think the impediment is in the way. He says, really, the impediment is the way. So it's that thing for me, it was that, you know, the temper led to the, the self-mastery that I enjoy now, right? If if there's a vice, if there's a bad habit, if there's something that is just holding you in bondage, what can you do to overcome that thing? What, what must you do to overcome that thing? And for some, it's, it, they're broke. I mean, I, I was broke early in our marriage, just absolutely broke. Me too. <laughs> and I, couldn't, I couldn't provide and it crushed me. It was so painful. Uh, and, and again, I just have this thing. I'm like, never again. I'll either find a way or I will make one. And, and that becomes your thing. Again, not to the neglect of my health, not to the neglect of my marriage or my children, but with them. See, where men get in trouble here is they say, I'm doing this for my family, but they totally neglect their family to get wealth. And then, you know, that's not how it's done. You figure out how to become wealthy with while you're, raising your family and spending tons of quality time with them. So I had to figure that out. That, that, that obstacle became the pursuit. And, and that was what was keeping me back. And then, you know, a, a, a bad attitude, whatever it is, if you can just eliminate any substance, mm. dependency, any porn, porn, I'm just saying that across the board is destroying marriages. 100%. And families. Um, but even, even down to screen addiction, guys constantly turning to YouTube or, or Facebook or, or whatever, they're disengaging, they're buffering, they're avoiding. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, you just have to, you, you get this kind of gritty manliness and say, I'm done. I'm done with that crap. No more. Right? I'm going to, I'm going to get my body, my mind and my spirit in a good condition. And I'm going to rise to be the best version of myself. 
I love that. And I love that your weakness became your strength. And isn't that the path of teaching is to go through it yourself, you know, become the story, become the man, be the man, and you'll be able to bring others with you. And it's just so powerful. It's like, and I'm going to talk about coaching because for me, that's a huge part of my journey. And I've never had a coach. I've had great mentors. I've worked with great pastors. I've had just an amazing basketball coach early on. My dad is a phenomenal man and taught me so much and did so well. Looking back, now that I'm a dad, I'm like, wow, <laughs> he did a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you don't know what your parents have done for you until you have kids of your own. And coaching has really made this year a, a a standout year for my family, for my finances, my my whole life. And it's given me the one thing I told my coach I was after is peace. I want peace. And I'm definitely getting it, right? So there's a lot of men, obviously, if they're watching this or listening to this, they're seeking wisdom, they're seeking something. So they probably want, you know, value. But I think a lot of people think that paying a coach is crazy. It's like, why would I write a check to a guy to tell me what to do? Mm-hmm. But hasn't coaching and mentoring been the way of life for years and years? And it, there's no other way. So it's like, talk to me about who you've been coached by or how that coaching can be the difference maker. Because I guess for me, it was, I have so many goals and dreams and ideas and all these things. And it's just this crazy, complex thing going on in my brain. And I got a good heart and I want to do the right thing. And, you know, but my coach helps me filter it down to creating a vision, do the next best thing, all that stuff. And so why is coaching so powerful? What's what's really cool is we get it we get it in certain aspects, right? If you're in sports at all, and and many, if not most men, have participated in some kind of sporting, and there are always coaches, whether it's team or individual, we get it. We, like you want to be better at this, get a coach. If you want to be some of the best in the world, get a private coach. Get the best coach. I love I love this concept because you take literally the best number one not not like oh hey they're the best like the literal best athlete in the world whether it's in the olympics or professional sports whatever they have a coach probably multiple coaches and you're like wait a minute well at, at what point do you stop needing a coach if you are literally the best in the world at what point do you need to stop needing a coach and the answer is never they're there because they have coaches And they have somebody watching them and training them and holding them accountable and pushing their limits and and little refinements, little tweaks. Like a a 1% tweak in your Mm. performance can change your trajectory and your results in a massive way. So, So coaching then becomes, I like to call it a quantum leap, a good coach. Now, there's a lot of cruddy coaches out there, tons. I mean, this has turned into an industry and people, they think it's a career. Like, no, man, it's not a career. It's like, if you've gotten results, you have real tangible results, 
then then you have an obligation to share those. But it's, it's not yeah, a list. There's a lot of crappy coaches out there. Yeah. But if yeah. you get a good coach, it becomes a what I call a quantum leap. It literally can collapse time and space. By that, wow. it means you can take decades and turn them into days. You can take months and turn it into moments. So I've been I've been chasing this voraciously for 25 years. I've averaged a book a week for over two decades, and I've compiled all of that into days worth of material. So I mean, with my coaching clients, I'm giving them the best stuff, right? The systems and strategies, the tactics and tools that I know move the needle. And when my clients do it, it's just like, rah, they make these huge leaps. They get so much progress quickly because they have leverage. It's the best lever ever. And and that's why it's so powerful. Instead of saying, I can't afford a coach, you can't afford not to. You can't not to. Exactly. How do you measure, how do you measure what you're capable of, you know, unless you really put it to the test? And I think, like you said, it's like going from a four cylinder to a V8, you know, they're the same car. You're still going the same direction, but man, if you can go there at a quicker, more powerful speed or pace, or, you know, it's, I can't different direction. I'm, I'm personally have had so much progress this year in the last three to four months from, from coaching. And again, I, been surrounded by great men and great leaders and mentors, but I've never had a, a one-on-one coach. And right after I, uh, sent my payment, I was thinking, this is crazy. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I have a family to feed. I have, you know, bills to pay and I have zero regrets. It's, it's a no brainer. And so if you can give us just a quick summary of like what your coaching program looks like, and if you have the you know bandwidth for more clients, what how would somebody find out more? Yeah, fantastic. Thanks. Um, I so my one-on-one coaching is is very limited and expensive, and my schedule's full. Uh, you know, I'll make a space here and there. Um, but what I want to do because I, I this for me this is a calling. This is a responsibility. It's a, it's a moral obligation. Like I went from where I was, desperately needing, longing for answers, like to know what to do. I just needed some tools. I need some tactics. Like somebody, somebody give me some direction here. And so now having figured that out the hard way, the long, slow way, I'm like, I I have to do this. And in my desire to help as many men as absolutely possible, I compiled all of this, these trainings and courses again, for the holistic approach for the whole man, be the best husband, the best father, best leader, the best businessman, the best philanthropist you can be and take all that. And I compiled all of that into a masterclass. So I call it the be the man masterclass. It's really fundamentally built on the triple trifecta, right? It's just put all that together. The triple trifecta is, is, is the best gift I can give anyone. Like you put these elements together. That's how you become a whole man. Not a piece here and a piece there and, and missing and, and struggling and lopsided in life, but a whole man. And I put that into masterclass. And then I realized, man, we need, we need both the community as well and deliberate coaching. So then built into that, I, I call it a tribe. It's the Be The Man tribe. It's a community of just great men, husbands, fathers, businessmen, entrepreneurs 
who are in there. They just want to level up. They've been successful. A lot of things are good guys. They want to rise. We can't do this alone. I used to pride myself in being a lone wolf. You know, I had a sales job for 12 years and I just operated on my own and nobody was in my business. And I loved it because I'm independent, entrepreneurial driven, and it was a great job. But I always kind of told myself, I'm a lone wolf. I'm a lone wolf. And that was that was limited thinking because now that I've been involved with Aaron and his group, I look forward to our calls. And it's yeah. cool to have men that are, like you said, leveling up, that are being intentional, that are struggling, but they're getting through it. And they're cheering each other on. They celebrate each other's wins. You know, how many times yeah. have you had something cool happen in your life and you tell a couple buddies and they're like, feel or they don't it's just like what's going on here um so man that's an encouragement for those listening to get involved in a tribe a group of men that are doing it that are doing it's like a it's like a sports team right we all have the same goal we're wearing the same jersey trying to get past that goal line and win the you know the game of life so what is your i believe your website is gregdenning.com Yep. So gregdaniels.com or be the man masterclass.com. Okay. Love it. So there you go, gentlemen. There is a tool for you to take action and pursue greatness. And I, I, like I said, I've been following Greg for some time and it's just refreshing, man. And I really appreciate you. You know, men like you could just be living this awesome life of fulfillment and purpose and vision and great kids and marriage and travel and business and all of that. But you've chosen to make it about others and bring others with you. And that's what I, that's really the number one thing I love about you, Greg, is the ability to go help people. I mean, it sounds so cliche, you know, philanthropy and just hands-on and the world needs it. And we need men, you know, there's men listening to this that are like, well, maybe I can do what Greg does. And yes, you can, but you first have to live it and then you can teach it. And we need that so bad in our society. We need it, especially with men. And that's what you're doing. So I applaud you. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. And and it's like, I mean, I don't, and and again, I don't do it for the applause or the praise. And I, 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 I've been given so much. I've been blessed so much and our life is so good that for me, it's, it's a moral obligation. We, we have to go out and help and serve and do good. And, and honestly, from, from the, the books I'm writing, my masterclass, my courses, the coaching, the number one message, like the, the overarching message from all of it is for men to become an asset to humanity, right? Stop being a liability and be a legitimate asset where you are capable and confident and competent and you have something to offer first to your wife and children and then you become so capable you have plenty left over to share with the world too and you're right. here to help like that that's the message be an asset and every man is capable exactly Regardless of the past, regardless of the hurt, the pain, the trauma, you are capable of more. You're capable of being more, doing more, and having more. 
And it's really, it's the way it's the purpose of men is to contribute. So I love it. You're a great example of that, Greg. And for those listening, check out be the man podcast. I've been, I've been enjoying that a lot lately and uh, check out Greg's websites. And when's the book coming out? Oh man. Good. I'm glad you asked. That's pressure. Um, I need to get it out. I'm, so I'm writing um, my first one. I haven't told anyone this. So first time right here is the first, it's going to be called the formidable family, man. Um, just, just about being that kind of asset, being that caliber of a family man and, and rising. So that, that one, I got to get out the gates here in the next couple of months. It's, yeah. it's, it's got to get done and get going. Love it. I'll definitely be reading that. And this was so fun, Greg. I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you're doing for our world and your family, your marriage, setting the example, going through the fire. I know it's not easy, but you do it anyway. And that's why I respect you and think that those listening got a lot of value. So Love it. same to you, brother. Thanks. Thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for striving to, to be that caliber of a man and, and for sharing with others and, and bring others on this journey. Kudos Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Have a really great week and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, sir. All right. See you, Greg. Thank you for listening to the Fathers of Greatness podcast. If this has inspired you, please be sure to share it with three to five people. Until next time, thanks for listening.